0: I'm excited tonight to have Justin come bring the word, amen. I told Justin um, just a week or so ago that um, that I felt like that was one of the things that I was supposed to help encourage him in, and I told him, if you're anything like me, you'll prepare for 40 weeks, and you'll speak for like eight minutes or two minutes. I can't remember if it was two minutes or eight minutes, but um but I want, um, I want to encourage him in this gifting because, um, you know, I, one of the things that as we've talked about reaching out and um, being gifted to do that, I believe that God is wanting to, to stir up that gift within so many of you. And this is one of the ways that I believe that God is wanting to stir that up with Justin. So with that, Justin, I'm going to turn it over to you, brother. You're going to come bring the word, my friend.
1: First and foremost, I just want to personally thank Tom and Bethany for giving me the opportunity to, to do this. Uh, how, about, how about a big hand for them While I drop this Florida, yeah, good idea See, those are the tips I need Those are the tips I was asking for before this <laughs> We'll get through it How about a hand clap for the Lord before we get started <laughs> Hallelujah Hallelujah Well Tonight I want to talk to you just for a few about fasting and praying within God's expectations. Have we been fasting and praying for our own benefits, our own pleasures or desires, or has it been for God's glory? I wonder, have we found ourselves asking God why he hasn't answered our prayers? Why we haven't seen God move over our lives like we expected him to? Or maybe it seems like The ones we feel are undeserving of God's precious gifts seem to have it made. Well, Job questioned these very same things. Uh, In chapter 21, verse seven, he asked, why did the wicked prosper growing old and powerful? Verse 17, he goes on to say, yet the light of the wicked never seems to be extinguished. Do they ever have trouble? Even David questioned God in Psalm 22, one and two. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? You know, God's, Jesus even questioned it before he ascended. He said, why have you forsaken me? You know, everything's on God's timing, not ours. We need to remember that. But, uh, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. That was still David talking. Let's face it, sometimes it just seems like God isn't listening. Let me ask you something. Are you listening? Are you fulfilling your obligations to him? Are you truly serving him to the best of your ability? Are you going above and beyond to please God? The answer to these questions should be yes, 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 and yes. If any of us answer no to any of These questions, we are falling short of fulfilling our dues as born-again Christians. We're not being fully obedient to the calling he has placed on each and every one of our lives. We haven't yet reached the full potential of our purpose. Listen, he requires more from us. He expects more from his people. If we expect him to hear us when we cry out to him, then we have got to listen to his cry as well. I feel that he's crying out, guys. I feel like we're in the fourth quarter, two seconds on the clock, down by three, zero timeouts left. Do we kick a field goal, tie it up, and hope for the best in overtime? Or do we put it all on the line and go for it? Are we willing to risk everything on faith? The coach, God, he's telling us to go for it but the adversary the opposing team the devil you know he has his question in our abilities what's it going to be the play clock is ticking we have to make a decision it needs to be made now guys we're running out of time that's another sermon though <laughs> moving on in the book of Isaiah chapter 58 verse 3 it says behold in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasures. Verse four says, fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. By the way, I forgot to give Kristen the title. was can you hear me now? <laughs> uh, yeah, verse five goes on to say, it's such the fast that I choose to loose the bond of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless and poor into your home when you you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own flesh and blood? Verse 8 says, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Verse nine says, then, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your mist and the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted. Then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. Verse 11 goes on to say, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. He makes it very clear the way or ways in which we should respond to his calling for our lives and also who we're doing it all for because it's to him that all the glory is to him be all the glory amen not ours it's not about us it's about him we need to remember that in everything that we do uh You may not have noticed, but I skipped verse five. Oops. (laughs) Well, it reads like this. Is the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Let me ask you something else. The point of fasting to bring attention to ourselves, to make it a point to make sure people know what we are doing or going without. You know, these people of Israel were expecting an attaboy from God to those and those around him, trying to impress God by being hard on themselves. Let's go back to verse 10. This is the New Living Translation. It very plainly says, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Verse 11 goes on to say, the Lord will guide you continually, giving your water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You see, guys, it's not until we are committed to doing his will that we begin to see the light shine in our own lives. It's then and only then that we begin to receive those blessings that we are promised. And let us not forget, he doesn't owe us anything, guys. He gives because he loves us. All he asks from each and every one of us is to do the same and love on others. First Peter 4.9, and this is in the NLT as well. Sorry, it, cheer, it says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. James 2.26 says this. Just as the body is dead and without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Period. The King James Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 21. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever, Amen. Yeah. Speaking of Jesus, <laughs> He taught on this as well at the Sermon on the Mount. On the Mount, most of us know these teachings as Beatitudes. That was part of it. Did you hear that? Be attitudes. I feel like there was kind of a hidden, you know, pun in there. Yeah. These are the attitudes with which we should be. <laughs> anyway. The Beatitudes were blessings Jesus gave to certain people or followers of his teachings. One last thing, and this is Jesus talking, not me. In Matthew 5, 16, he says, let your shi- light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Amen. Thank you, guys.
0: I love when Justin said and, and really asked this question that I think God is is putting into us is, are we willing to risk everything on faith? See, it's so easy for us to choose. I've, I feel like I spoke about this maybe a, a, a couple months ago. It's so easy for us to choose what we apply faith to and what we don't apply faith to. And I think we have to get to that point where he said, you know, are we willing to risk everything on faith? Are you willing to risk your job on faith? Are you willing to risk your relationships on faith? Are you willing to risk your finances on faith? It's hard It's hard to apply faith in that way. And I love, I love again how he shared in Isaiah 58, 9 and 10, where it says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, like right now, that is, there is so much pointing of the finger right now. It's just, it's nauseous, right? Right? I mean, they're, from one side to the other. And it says, in, in speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the who? The hungry. And satisfy the desire. Listen, here's part of the problem. We have spent so much time trying to feed people that are stuffed with the wrong stuff. You got to find hungry people. Like, man, I, I should have probably. I mean, you like practically knew I was going to talk about this food truck thing today, didn't you? All right? yes, yeah, good. Good work, man. Um little fist bump there. Air bump. Um, but then to, to satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. So I love that. And so... We need to we need to be praying that we need to be praying are we willing to risk everything on faith have we gotten to that point